Today on the Locked On Blues podcast, Jordan Bennington is back, posting his best save percentage in a month and a half in a 4-1 victory over the Philadelphia Flyers. The defense played some of the best hockey they've played all season. The offense picked it up when they needed to. All-around huge victory from the Blues against a struggling Philadelphia Flyers team. Plus, we're talking about that and then talking about the Blues matchup tomorrow night when the Buffalo Sabres come to town. Pigeonhole man himself, Tage Thompson, has been lighting it up. Lots of storylines to get into. Make sure you stay tuned. Your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Josh Hyman, and I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Thomas Welch. We got a banger of an episode for you today. The St. Louis Blues came away with a 4-1 to victory over the Philadelphia Flyers. We'll be talking about that, and then the Buffalo Sabres come to town tomorrow. Talking about that, and then a little bit more, as always. Before we get into that, wanted to thank anyone and everyone out there who is making Locked On Blues your first listen, because we are free and available on all podcast platforms. All right, Tommy, lots to get into from the victory over the Philadelphia Flyers two nights ago. Um, Got to start right off the bat with the biggest story, the elephant in the room. Jordan Bennington has not played good hockey since January 9th, where he posted a 963 save percentage. Um, and then he comes out two nights ago and posts a 962 save percentage, makes 26 or 25 saves on 26 shots, only allows one goal off of a screenshot that might have deflected. And, you know, not really his fault. Best game we've seen out of Jordan Bennington in a long, long time. And the rest of the team backed it up as well. Even though the Philadelphia Flyers kind of stink this year, strong win. What do you like? The biggest one, as you alluded to, and as everyone's been talking about uh, since that Flyers game, is the play of Jordan Bennington. You could kind of see uh, that the team was disappointed with that puck. Like you said, not his fault being screened by like four people in front of him going in to the net. You know that the boys... Uh, wanted to get that shutout for him in the city where it all began with him and his debut and the shutout victory against the Flyers back in 2019. Yep, play Gloria back at the Jacks Bar. So uh, it was an an emotional game for Jordan Bennington, uh, taking him back to kind of back to his roots and where it all began and uh, instilling that confidence and that swagger that we saw from him in the Stanley Cup run. There's no reason... For me to believe that uh, he's not capable of playing at that level again. And this is the first step in that direction. Um, And we heard Craig Berube talk about it after the game. He feels like he always had faith in Jordan Bennington. And uh, obviously, every goalie is going to go through some rough stretches here and there. Uh, We've seen that time and time again in the NHL. Goalies are just kind of weird like that. They're a little bit streaky. So for Jordan Bennington to get this win under his belt... Uh, get a little bit of momentum, like you said. The Buffalo Buffalo Sabers are so they're going to be the next matchup for the St. Louis Blues, and Tage Thompson will be in town. I would not be surprised. In fact, uh, I would assume that Jordan Bennington will be back in the cage for the St. Louis Blues to try and get that confidence up. And I know a lot of people think that we're going to need two goalies down the stretch, but really we just re- need one of them to be hot. Whether it's Billy Huso playing uh, the hockey that he is right now, or whether it's Jordan Bennington, or whether it's those two having a friendly competition to see who wins out the starting job. And then if one of them struggling, being able to turn to the next one, that's always a good thing to have, obviously. But 
You only need one to make it through the Stanley Cup run, and we saw that with Jordan Bennington. And so for this team, I don't think goaltending has really been an issue at all this entire season because I feel like a lot of people forget that Jordan Bennington, like there was talk that Jordan Bennington was a consensus pick for Team Canada at one point, right? And that's just kind of flown out the window because of his his the whole like, what have you done for me lately? Uh, kind of narrative. And so now Vili Huso kind of comes in. But there's no reason to believe that Jordan Bennington can't come back into the fold as the number one guy. The problem, as we've talked about on this podcast all season long, has just been consistently the defense. Now the defense, like you said, Josh, looked like it played the best game of the season. So if we can kind of figure it all out, and really the offense, I think, struggled most out of everybody, just passing up shots here and there. But against the Flyers team, you can kind of get away with that. Uh, it was a four to one victory, but really it was kind of a two to one victory with two empty net goals. So a little bit closer than you would like, but the defense held it down. The goaltending held it down and the offense did what was needed to come away with the win. And that is a recipe for success for the St. Louis blues. There was a time, uh, on our very exciting Montreal Canadians reaction episode where I believe I said something along the lines of there hasn't been a single game this season where we were like, man, the defense really came in clutch that game, really wouldn't have won if the defense didn't step up. And I don't know if this Philadelphia game was quite, you know, 100% on the defense, but I think, like you said, it might have been their biggest contribution to a win this season, you know? Um, Only gave up that one goal late uh, off of, like, you know, a kind of a weird screenplay. Um, And even then, you know, the the offense kind of responded and, and... put in a goal like 30 seconds later um, to give them the lead back. But it really felt like for the most part, the strongest part of the Blues play was their defense and was the play of Jordan Binnington. Uh, it's interesting because like, I feel like, I don't know. Is it like Jordan Binnington goes out and makes five quick saves and then the defense starts picking it up and playing better? Because it's it's no secret that, you know, in the starts that he had had, yeah, he had given up six, seven goals and some of them and looked really bad, but... It was some of the worst defensive hockey the Blues have played in a long time, not just dating back to this season, but dating back to ever since I've been watching. Um, so it's just weird to see the 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 dichotomy of how good this defense can look when you know they're playing their best hockey, and and it really just all came together uh, to allow Jordan Bennington to have such a comeback game. You know, not taking any credit away from him or the defense. It really just, like I said, came together. You know, he, he bailed the defense out when he needed to. They gave up some breakaways pretty early. Um, but after that, the defense kind of started to bail him out. And, and like you said, play for that shutout. And you could tell there was a little bit of extra energy, a little bit of extra pep in that step to, to keep the puck away from Jordan Bennington and keep the high danger scoring chances from happening for the flyers after those initial breakaways. And they did a great job. Um, I'm curious to see, you know, if the trend can continue tomorrow against Buffalo, another sort of a trap game that we always love to talk about. Um, it'd be pretty easy to lose your momentum and play down to your opponent against a team like Buffalo, especially at home where the Blues have been so, so strong. Um, if Jordan Bennington is starting again, you know, a uh, huge game. It could be the start of Jordan Bennington's reclaiming of the starter role, or it could go to show that his, his, uh, biggest problem this season is inconsistency. So who knows? A lot of storylines in the Buffalo game. We're going to be talking about all of that and more. But first, I want to tell you guys about our good friends over at betonline.net. Football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, 
BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, and it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. So head to the website today or use mobile devi- your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts, and we'll be right back. All right, Tommy. So the Blues came away with a strong victory over the Philadelphia Flyers, as we know, as we've talked about. However, they still are tasked with carrying that momentum over. And while the Buffalo game isn't the biggest test they're going to face, I know you read off the schedule before the the podcast, and they they got some tough games coming up. Um, schedule's going to get crazy with a lot of back to back sets of three games in four days. Um, it's looking like the hardest part of the season and just in terms of pure volume of games is ahead of the blues in the next month or so uh leading up to the trade deadline so before we kind of narrow it in on the buffalo game what do the blues need to do what do they need to take from that philadelphia game and carry over for the remainder of the season because we're reaching crunch time well i think the biggest takeaway in any game like that is I feel like when you lose, it's easy to break down and kind of tell in areas where you struggled and areas where you had difficulty because that's kind of what keeps you from winning those games, right? I feel like for a lot of games, it was uh, the defense like we've been talking about. But for this game uh, against the Flyers, I feel like what held them back from kind of having a blowout because it felt like the Blues were in control of the game for the majority of the game, had sustained offensive pressure, all these things. They were just passing up slot shots, trying to look for a better shot and then passing their way out of golden opportunity. So that hasn't typically been a problem for this team uh, throughout the course of the season. So you'd like to nip that in the bud as soon as possible and make sure that in the Sabres game, you take advantage of any time you find yourself wide open in the slot and fire a puck on net uh, because you never know, especially with the goaltending that they have over there, like what's going to happen. That being said, kind of the reverse narrative with the defense is this is the defense that we haven't really seen before and extremely capable of reducing and minimizing those slot shots as much as possible because the Blues have struggled in that area consistently throughout the course of this season. So allowing those perimeter shots, letting them do whatever they want on the outside and just kind of holding down the skill zone, I think is huge for this Blues team that by every account doesn't have the most um, most talented defensive roster in the league, but I think they're still capable of holding down the fort like we saw last night. And everyone wants to say like, oh, it's a Flyers team, 28th in the league. And you can't give Jordan Bennington the credit because the defense helped him out and all these things. But I didn't hear people saying that when Billy Huso lost to the Montreal Canadiens. So it's kind of a double-edged sword in that regard. So a win is a win. Jordan Bennington going out there. I, I Like I said, I think he's going to have the opportunity to go out and get another one to... Uh, kind of back-to-back starts, which he hasn't seen in a while. Um, And it's going to be big for him. And it's going to be big for this team to not only step up, not only have Jordan Bennington step up and prove that he's still capable of being in that role, but have the defense step up and prove that they're capable of helping this team throughout a Stanley Cup run and that they're uh, not the sore spot that we've been talking about on this podcast all year long. So uh, it's a big game. For the Blues, even though it is the Buffalo Sabres, it's it's huge for their momentum. And uh, as we keep looking at the schedule, it seems like the games are dwindling and dwindling down. And even though 
uh, you know, it doesn't feel like it, like we just ended the all-star break. It really is like the home stretch of the season. So it'd be good for the blues to string some wins together and, uh, get the boys rolling as they say. Man, it's so weird, like trying to evaluate where this team is at because, you know, as crazy and over the top as the energy was following that loss to the Canadians and as much as the Canadians are, you know, on a hot streak right now, some of the losses the Blues have had this year, you know, that Montreal loss, the Calgary loss, the Arizona loss, some of the other losses they've had here and there where they've given up six, seven goals really feel like some of the worst hockey games I've ever seen from the St. Louis Blues. Um, but that con- contrasted with the the peaks of this season. It, it's so... I, I feel like this is the, the biggest... Like, the, the highest the Blues have been in a while, like, in terms of regular season success, but also by far the lowest, you know? Like, early in the season when they started out so so hot and they were putting up, like, six goals a game on teams and... You know, even like lately, they've had some incredible wins that have really just felt like there's something special there. You know, we've probably come on and said it like this team has proved that they're special. And then they'll come out a week and a half later and, and lose 7-1 to the Calgary Flames or or blow a late read in, reg- in regulation to the Montreal Canadiens. So it, it's just so hard to evaluate what this team is capable of. And it really just puts a big question mark on on, I guess, what, I would try to consider like the the potential of this team. You know, this is right around where you get the feeling of like, okay, this team can go on a run or yeah, this team is going to be fighting for a playoff spot. And Hey, even if, if they just make it there, we'll be happy. Like, I feel like I have no idea what to expect from this team. Is there a scenario where they just flip the, flip the switch, turn it on, play like they played against Philadelphia for the rest of the season and, you know, screw around and make a run to the Stanley cup. Yeah. Is there another scenario where we see the team that, lost to Montreal, Arizona, and Calgary in embarrassing fashions, show up for the rest of the season, and the Blues miss the playoffs? Yeah. And this late in the season, having those both be so likely, it's it's crazy. It's, I, 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 yeah, it's scary. It's It definitely makes every game exciting because you don't know what you're going to get. But, like, I don't know. It's about getting hot at the right time, and, and Blues haven't been hot for a while. It really feels like they've been treading water at least when it comes to contending status for a while now and and who knows maybe that means they're about to get hot or maybe that just means they're destined to make it as a wild card team and run into the buzzsaw colorado avalanche in the first or second round and get embarrassed i don't know you know who's hot josh robert thomas i think he's been working out a little bit pushing up his numbers in the bench press but uh maybe maybe it's the lululemon shorts i don't know but uh, the the dude's got eight points in his last five games it's a five Five game point streak currently buzzing. He's been the best player. We talked about it on the last episode, I think. He's been the best player for the St. Louis Blues since the All Star break by a long shot. Dude's just bringing it in every single zone. And if you remember, Josh, the first podcast after the All Star break, I said that Jordan Kyrie would hit a second gear after getting that confidence of outskating Connor McDavid and uh, having all the lights on him in Vegas. It just hasn't been the case. Um, he had limited ice time in the last game against the Flyers, had a couple turnovers that went the other way for breakaways and odd man rushes. Obviously not stuff you like to see from a guy so young with so much potential and so much talent. So Craig Bruby took him aside after today's practice and basically had a talking to him. They asked him about it, uh, in the post-practice conference. And he, all he said was, um, 
that at times he's going to be hard on his players and at times he wants to be like a father figure and he knows that Jordan Cairo is a capable hockey player and a very talented hockey player and he wants to get the best out of him. So um, if you're sitting at home watching the game screaming at Jordan Cairo for turning the puck over, uh, don't think that that doesn't go unnoticed because Craig Bruby is aware and I think in the in the practice rushes, Jordan Cairo was on the third line and I think... Uh, that there's a reason for that, but let's not get it twisted here. Jordan Cairo is not, uh, he's not going anywhere. His skill set's not going anywhere. And maybe like, like he's a young guy, right? So his play is going to fluctuate every once in a while. And over the course of, uh, his development and as he gets older and gets more games under him, uh, consistency is going to come with that, but we've seen flashes and we see what he's capable of. Now it's just a matter of going out there and producing it consistently. And I think, by the end of the season, if we can get Robert Thomas playing like he is now and Jordan Cairo playing like he was before the All-Star break, that is probably going to give us the closest glimpse of what we'll see when that change into the guard comes and that new regime comes in and those two players are the core of this team. It's going to be a show. You talk about Vegas being nasty, putting on a show in the All-Star game. Wait till you see these two take, take over the reins of the St. Louis Blues. Holy. Tell you what, we'll talk about that and more in the third segment. Uh, So don't go anywhere. Make sure you stay tuned. All right, Tommy. So it it is definitely uh, a trending topic right now to be a little concerned about Jordan Cairo. And I'm a little concerned about Jordan Cairo. You know, I talked about it in picking him as my locked on player of the game. I said that, you know, this has been his worst stretch of the season. Um, I think one of the biggest reasons people are worried is because this is a little eerily familiar to last season where he started out in, you know, on fire for the first 20 games and then the next 60 kind of fizzled. And I want to stress that this is nowhere near as drastic of a fall off, uh, at least so far, from Jordan Cairo this year. We should also stress that it's been six games. Right. So right. W- the worst stretch of his season is literally six games long. It's not exactly. like he's got like a 30-game exactly. drought or anything Last like season, that. if you remember, Jordan Cairo was really hot for like the first 20, 25 games. And then it was a good 50, 60 games where he just didn't match that. He was still good. Oh, wow. Voice crack. He was still good. It's the acapella. He was, he was still good. but um, go. <laughs> No, he was a good player, but he wasn't like... He wasn't dynamic. Jordan Cairo, even in these six games where he struggled, he's still shown that dynamic ability. You know, it just, it just, it's been the first 90% of his game is still been there. It's just the last 10%, you know, when he's breaking into the offensive zone and last night, you know, for example, or two nights ago against Philly, instead of kind of making a move to the outside like he traditionally does or firing a pass, he kind of holds up and goes for a drop pass leading to a turnover. So like I said, first 90% is still there. He's still creating those opportunities, creating the passing lanes. It's just the last 10% when he would usually be, you know, making a great read, making a great pass, or making a move. He's having a little bit of doubt, a little bit of hesitation, and turning the puck over. I I think that's a far cry from last season where it felt like his whole game disappeared once he went cold. Now, like I said, it's just that finishing that I think has escaped him a little bit. Um, He's still, you know creating plays, making things happen. I think he still had an assist in that Philly game, even though he had limited ice time and struggled. 
I think it was the first goal where it was just chaos in front of the net. It was all set up by an odd man rush by him. He had a, a, just a nasty fake toe drag into the out into the inside and then cut to the outside. Shot it on, rang it off the pipe. I think Buchnevich shot it back on, and the goalie made a like just an absurd save. And the puck was just sitting there, and Brain Shen popped it in off the camera. It's a crazy sequence, but like we said, the skill set is still there. It's nothing to be worried about. I think Jordan Cairo is a guy that. And even having that conversation with Craig, right? Like we talk about six games and it's not like, like he still had an assist last game. So it's not like he's just a ghost out there, but he, you can tell that he wants the ice time and he wants the opportunities and he wants uh, to play at the top of his game. And when he's not, he's frustrated. And I'd much rather have a guy like that than a guy who doesn't really care about being on the third line and just kind of... It's like, oh, I'm not playing my best right now. And it's like, maybe I'll just like change my game and like not play as skilled. Which, by the way, guys, I know that it's the St. Louis Blues and typically we don't have guys that have the skill set or the talent of Robert Thomas or Jordan Cairo with like the mitts and the shot and like the deking capabilities. If you're getting like extremely aggressively overly mad about these turnovers that Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo happen to be at the fault of they're going to happen like for as many offensive chances as they make a lot of it is from beating one guy and then having like a five on four or four on three or whatever it might be and they're not going to beat that guy every time and sometimes the puck's going to go the other way it's just kind of the trade-off that you get there and so and obviously Jordan Cairo he knows Craig Berube knows and I think the fans know that that's too many turnovers to happen, especially when it's a, a breakaway going the other way and he's at the top of the blue line in the offensive zone. But that being said, like they're going to happen and it's the trade-off and how many offensive chances they make compared to that one turnover uh, is what you need to be worried about. And you shouldn't be worried about that ratio when it comes to Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, especially like you said, Robert Thomas has felt like the one that more so reach that next gear in his game as opposed to Jordan Cairo. And, you know, no no knock on Cairo. Like you said, it's been six games. I'm not concerned at all. Um, but, yeah, it, it really feels like this offense is, has reached the next level. And it's it's different because beginning of the season they were scoring, you know, five, six goals, and it was just it was just constant pressure. Now it feels a little more calculated. Like they, they know what works. They know what lines work. They know what sort of plays, quote, unquote, can work like, you know, ways to generate scoring chances. And it feels like we're seeing a more of a meticulous offense from the blues rather than the run and gun style that we saw at the beginning of the year. You know, they still have that two way, you know, just creating something out of nothing ability, but it, it really feels like their offense is calculated and just puts a stranglehold on opponents. Um, you saw it. Philly worked so hard to battle back into that game. And then, you know, Vladimir Tarasenko kind of created something out of nothing uh, and, and put the Blues right back on top. So the Blues are finding ways to score in many different ways. And when Jordan Cairo, you know, inevitably turns it back on, it, it, this team's going to be hard to beat. I'm excited. Uh, but that being said, that is all the time we have for you guys today. want to thank you all so much for listening. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Give us a subscription on YouTube. Uh, we've been doing really well in there lately. It's been a lot of fun. Hit that notification bell. That way, whenever we upload a video, you guys will be the first to know. Uh, follow us on all of our socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at Blues. Follow my Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. 
Follow Tommy's Twitter at twelcher15. Thanks so much for listening. And as always, let's go blue.